Hi, and welcome to Talking of the Liver. Today's episode is all about languages. I don't know yet where it will take me, but I want to start with talking about languages in Switzerland, like the official languages and Swiss German. And maybe I will later on talk about the languages I speak, or at least I'm learning. Um, what I like about these languages, and so on, and so on. So, Switzerland has four official languages. They are German, French, Italian, and Romance. The majority of the Swiss people speak German, so according to the statistics, the official Swiss statistics from 2019, about 63% of the Swiss population speaks German. Most of them speak Swiss German at home, so it's about 59% of all people, and 11% speak so-called standard German at home. I will come to that, to the difference between Swiss German and Standard German later. French is the second biggest part, which makes about 23%, which is followed by Italian, about 8%, and Romance, the last language, is only spoken by not even 1% of the Swiss population to date. These languages are typically spoken in special regions. For example, Italian is usually the southern part of Switzerland. Um, French is more the western part of Switzerland. Romance is only speaking in a very small part in the southeast. And German is spoken more or less in the middle and northern and maybe even western regions. And spanning from the north all over to the eastern border of Switzerland. There are a few, actually three cantons, so cantons is an official term for like districts, and three of them are officially bilingual, so they are French and German speaking. And then there is Graubünden, which is even trilingual officially so besides German and Italian they are the region that has the Romance population. I mentioned that German and Swiss German that there is a kind of there are different languages in some sort and I want to try to explain the differences. I mentioned before that there is standard German and Swiss German and I now want to try to explain the differences and give you an idea of what these languages are. So Swiss German is basically a German dialect which is not only one dialect but made of many many dialects like every region of Switzerland has its own dialect and own words that are used only in this special region and this is a spoken language so there is no official written language of Swiss German 
And then there is the standard German. We call it Hochdeutsch, literally High German, which is the official language in, and is used in every written text, basically. Except for maybe personal cards or personal text messages. But other than that, every written text is written in standard German. For example, newspapers. For example, Swiss TV news. So it's not only written language, but it's also spoken. But it is not the mother tongue of the people, but of the Swiss people, but it is it is really the official language. So Swiss children in the German speaking area, so I'm only speaking about the German speaking parts now. They start learning standard German in schools. I think today it is even in kindergarten they start speaking standard German because as I mentioned Swiss German is not a written language. Every text is written in standard German. And like that all schools and official TV news and all these kind of even sometimes radio show or like the, I think the news are in standard German. Maybe there are some local radio um, broadcasting stations that use Swiss German and it depends. But like the official news are in standard German. But the radio otherwise I think is mostly in Swiss German. Yes, you might now think if standard German is the same than the German spoken in Germany, it is not. It's mostly the same, it's basically the same, but there are some exceptions or some rules that don't apply to Swiss German or that only apply for Swiss German. And also there is, I mean, the Swiss standard German. Further, there are some expressions that are only allowed in Swiss standard German, but not in the Germany German. For example, the word for bicycle. In Switzerland, we usually say vélo, which is taken from the French word uh, for bicycle. But it is officially a word also in the standard German, but you will not find vélo in the Germany German. <laughs> I hope this is not too confusing. And there are some rules like that and some expressions. Um, and for me, I, I have a language partner and I help him with um, learning German. And sometimes it's quite difficult for me to explain how, how the German would be in Germany because I don't know. I, I've never been there or I've never lived there. I've been to Germany, but... I didn't live there or speak the German German for a long time. I said before that even in Swiss German, in the spoken language, there are different dialects. So mostly people understand each other. 
even if they are from different regions speaking a different dialect. But there are some expressions, and I think quite a lot actually, that are specific to one dialect, one region. And then there is the Valisodich, which is spoken in the Valis, which is also one canton of Switzerland. And I think it is it has a different origin because their dialect is very different from what I speak. So I am basically living at the border to Germany and Valis is like at the other end of Switzerland, like very in the south of Switzerland. And I think for me sometimes I didn't speak with a lot of them, like really talking in their dialect and not trying to adjust to, uh, I don't know, a general Swiss German. <laughs> but sometimes it's very hard to understand what, like the way they pronounce the words. For me, it is quite difficult to understand. And as I mentioned before, there are so many different words or like they use other words and different yeah different pronunciations which makes it very difficult for me to understand and there are on the other side um i said i live near the border of germany and across the border they they also have of course a dialect and that dialect is very close to the one i am speaking so I can basically speak Swiss German with Germans that come from that area. But if I speak with Germans from the very northern part of Germany, and when I speak Switzerland, they probably will not really understand... When I speak Swiss German, they probably will not understand. Maybe they will get an idea of what I'm talking about, but they will not fully understand what I'm saying. At least that is the impression I got from talking with German people. I I know uh, a couple, they are both German, but they come from different regions and actually they their dialects differ so much that they with each other speak a standard German. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And even Switzerland is such a small country, but the dialects are so different. Mm, I think it's very interesting. And I like that the dialects are like kept and that people actually can speak it or s still speak it. Speak it. Um, of course, it. Uh, I think that like how do you say that the cleared original dialect i mean it's difficult to speak of a language as an original because a language is always evolving but the dialects from let's say 50 years ago or 100 years ago maybe 100 is even too too much but what i wanted to say is that dialects start mixing up because everyone is mobile and maybe changes their home or they leave the countryside and go working into the city and all these kind of processes. Of course also there is the influence of the 
German media because many, for example, uh, um, children watch German TV and I'm talking about Germany, TV from Germany, so then they really hear the standard German or maybe their children watch German YouTube. And then there is also an English influence. I noticed myself that I started to use a lot of English words or anglicisms. Um, then there is the influence of people that are not speaking German uh, as their mother tongue. So there are like dialects, but they stem from another. Um, like the, the reason for their dialect is not a specific region in Switzerland, but the reason is that they have another mother tongue. So you will kind of get some slang. <laughs> I remember I have a friend and she uh, we went to school together. So that would be high school, I think, or undergraduate school. I'm not sure. So anyways, she had a background or she has a background, um, a Tamil background. So her ancestors come from Sri Lanka, I think. And she was close in that community. And we always noticed after the long summer holidays, it's six weeks. And after the holidays, she came back with a stronger accent like a slang accent than before the holidays and after a few weeks um, in school again she started to adjust to the way of speaking of the other peers i thought that was very interesting and of course we made also fun of her and there were even bets going on for certain words we could not say like certain slang words if you said a certain word too many times, then maybe you had to buy a, some chocolate or buy a sandwich in the, in the break. But anyway, so what I wanted to say is that the German dialects start, the Swiss German dialects start to kind of dissolve. I'm not sure if that's, yeah, but I think, yeah, it's dissolve is maybe a, an okay word for that. To illustrate this, I have a cousin and she grew up in the same region as I and when she was older, like somewhere in her teens, she moved to another district, like another canton of Switzerland, which is actually not that far away, but still it is another region of Switzerland. And she lived there for a few years and went to school there. And when we met, for example, at a family gathering, she she kind of accepted the new dialect of like the dialect of the new region of her new home. But it was not the clear, strong dialect from that region, but it was a mix of what she spoke before, like the same that I am speaking, and the dialect of the other district. So in the end, her dialect did neither fit her original home area, nor the new home area. 
And this is what I mean with the dialects start to dissolve. They just mix up and with the influence of the German, especially with that, I mean, I start noticing that I use phrases, for example, that exist only in standard German, but they are not really Swiss German or words, how they are pronounced. Let me think of an example. I can't think of uh, an example for pronunciation right now, but I have another example for a word that is getting it, like a German word that is incorporated into Swiss German. For example, stairs. It is Treppe in standard German. And in my dialect, we say Stage. But some people start using Treppe instead of Stage. And it's really like natural. It comes natural to them to say Treppe instead of Stage. But Treppe would be the let me say correct way <laughs> of um, standard German but they will like they say Trappe maybe which would be kind of a Swiss German way of pronunciation the standard German word yeah maybe something like that and I think it it really is happening and I'm not saying that this is unnatural Maybe it is more than it was before. I guess it, these changes are more than before. But as I said before, the language is always evolving. And yeah, now we start using German words and English words. <laughs> there have been times when I, I'm really using a lot of English words. I'm guilty of that. But sometimes just the English words come to me or, for example, cool or crazy are words that I am using regularly, I think. And it happened before that I used some words which for me were not that difficult or extraordinary, but some people could not understand the English words. So I was like, oh, okay, so... I had to think of a good German-Swiss German expression, but sometimes, or in that moment, sometimes I, I couldn't think of the correct translation or the correct word that, because it did not exactly mean what I wanted to say, or because I just forgot, like in that moment. So on one side, it is natural and it is okay that language evolve. But on the other side, I think it is a bit sad. And that's why I still try to use some specific expressions that are like used by my grandparents or that are used in this region, but not in other regions. A Swiss German word I like very much at least in my dialect, is Glucke. Glucke, which means marbles. And it sounds very similar to another cool word, which is Gluckere, 
which can either mean the activity of playing marbles or with a slight different slightly different pronunciation gluckere gluckere versus gluckere it means it is the sound of water um, like a, a small water um, stream in the forest and the water is like bubbling <laughs> or when you pour water into a glass and the sound the water is making this is gluckere then I wanted to add that the Swiss German dialects or a similar dialect to the Swiss German dialect are not only spoken across the border in Germany but also in France. I can tell you that I know it because I live near the border of Germany and France and there is this region called Alsace and this is yeah bordering to Switzerland and originally their dialect is very similar to the dialect I'm speaking in the Basel area. There are other German dialects. There is Liechtenstein, which is bordering Switzerland in the east. And you probably heard of Austria, which is also a country east of Switzerland, where people originally speak German. And their dialect is also different from the standard German, but I don't know too much about it. So, I mean, I've heard the people talk and I've been to Austria before. It really is different and it is different to Swiss German, but it is kind of similar, but it is different from standard German. So even though the German speaking part of Europe <laughs> um, is not that big, there are lots of different dialects. But if you want to know more about the Austrian German dialect, then you should go to another podcast or video because I am no expert for that. I think I gave a short overview, or maybe not so short, <laughs> overview over Swiss German and Standard German and the official languages of Switzerland. So now I come to my personal languages. I speak Swiss German from the dialect from the Basel area. So I live in the countryside of Basel. So even the, we call the Basler Dyke, Basel Ditch, would be the high Basel German dialect of the um, rich and influential people in Basel, at least historically speaking. It's different from where I live, which is very, it's a very short distance, but still the dialects are different. Um, and I know I'm starting to repeat myself, but I think this is interesting. This is fascinating. But even within a short distance, I mean, maybe 10, 15 kilometers away from the city, the dialects are different originally. It kind of reminds me of 
My Fair Lady. Maybe you've heard of that story. The premise in that story is that within London there are different dialects and also like the dialects of the upper class and the downtown area for the poor people and there is this woman with the let's say wrong dialect and she and there is this linguist who wants to teach her the proper way of speaking English like the upper class English so there is this bet going on and maybe it's not as strong as in this I mean it's not maybe but it is not as strong as in that story but still I think it's fascinating that within a very short geographic distance the language can be so different of course it is different today than before because today you can easily reach uh, like the distance can be reached within 15 minutes with a car but 50 years ago or 100 years ago did that would be a day trip maybe not a day trip but depending on which vehicle or even maybe you have to walk then it's definitely a day trip so there was not so much exchange going on because mobility was just not as um, advanced as today. I said before that Swiss or children in Swiss, the Swiss German parts of Switzerland start learning standard German in school. And by start learning, I mean the lessons are in standard German and writing and speaking, everything is in standard German. Of course, the children do not speak standard German from the beginning, but they have to learn it and the older they get, the more the teachers really stick or remind the children to speak in standard German instead of Swiss German. And written is clear, it's always standard German because there is no written official Swiss German. If you want to write in Swiss German, you can just write however you want to write it, which is kind of nice, kind of convenient, but it can also be a bit funny. Or if you want to write a word, then there are like, there are so many ways how you can write the word. And yeah, it's, it is a bit funny for me, for example, I have a friend who is of another, uh, like she speaks another Swiss German dialect and when she writes it, for example, ich means me in standard German and my dialect, I would say ich, ich. And I would write it I-C-H, like the standard German way. But she pronounces it more like ech. And she writes it like E-C-H. So I write it I-C-H and she writes E-C-H. And when I read her message, it's kind of startling. <laughs> and sometimes it's a bit funny for me to read. But yeah, that's on a side note. I wanted to talk about the languages that I am speaking. Uh, yeah, so we have Swiss German and then the standard German. And because 
Swiss people learning standard German in school from Swiss people that learned German language in standard German in school and so on. Usually I'm no expert because I'm not sta uh, speaking standard German professor, like I'm not from Germany, but there is a very Swiss way of Swiss standard German. Like it sounds different. There is a different feeling to German from Germany. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's like when I speak English, it is clear that I am speaking a Swiss dialect English, like a Swiss dialect colored English. And I think it's the same for the standard German. And no one cares because this is the way we are used to it. In fact, it is rather awkward for me to speak standard German with someone from Germany because yeah it's it's just I know that I am not speaking the proper standard German and it is not my mother tongue even though I'm I'm fluent because I mean there is no I have no problems in communicating in standard German but it is just different and using standard German with someone who speaks German properly I mean they usually have their own dialects but they are, it's just different from what I am used as standard German so yeah I don't know once a German girl she called my standard German cute <laughs> And then I didn't speak in my Swiss way of German speaking, but instead I tried to imitate their dialect, like their standard German-German dialect. Yeah, that was fun. And then, this is something Swiss. In, third, uh, in fourth grade, I started learning French and everyone, like every Swiss student is supposed to learn uh, another official language in fourth or fifth grade. So in the German speaking part, it's mostly French. In this French speaking part, I think they can choose between German and Italian. I'm not sure. Otherwise, it's German because more people speak it. And in Italian probably they can choose I'm not sure so it's either German French or Italian and in Graubünden where Romansch is spoken I said before that this area is officially trilingual so I'm not so sure but I think Romansch is not spoken in schools probably they either speak German or Italian as a conversation language in schools but I'm not so sure about that and Romansch I think there are even like three different dialects within Romansch so there is this tiny part <laughs> this tiny language <laughs> and even this language is split again in three dialects because there are like three valleys and they all have their own way of speaking I think there's no guarantee for that. And 
this is just a side note, but romance, the percentage of people speaking romance is very small and it is declining. So they have like a problem that the dialect is kind of dying out. And there are people trying to teach it so that so that it doesn't die out which would be sad i think would be a pity yeah so i started learning french in fourth grade and then in sixth or seventh i think seventh grade uh, we had our first english class uh, today it changed and even within switzerland this is not unified so each canton has its own rules um, especially with school they try to harmonize um, there is this initiative going on but there are still some differences i think today french starts in third or fourth grade and english in fifth grade if i'm not wrong at least in my area and both French and English, we have it until the end of school. So either the obligatory school or if you continue with school, you still have these two languages. And when you get older, you can choose to add facultatively some other languages like Italian and Latin and later on Spanish or there is even the option for Russian or Greek, like ancient Greek. And maybe there are different languages, other languages in other schools, but this is what I know in my area. And I didn't do that at that age. And later on, it was a time when I had time after I finished high school I think it's called it's like the three or four years after the mandatory school finished so it's in preparation for university usually there are different ways to go to near to university but if you know as a pupil already that you want to go to to university usually this is the school you go to. So I attended that for three and a half years. So now it is four years in my area, but again, there are different rules and different school systems all around Switzerland. And after that finished, I had some time before university started. So I had some free time. And during that time, I started learning Korean. At that time I was interested in Korean music and TV series and got interested in Korea as a country, Korean culture and um, yeah, that's another topic. So anyways, I started learning Korean and it is so much fun because Korean, the language is really phonetic. So they have an alphabet there are always two or three or even more letters kind of put together to make a syllable 
But if you understand the letters, the components of these syllables, you can read it very fast because I think there are 26 of these components. And then you can just read it. Maybe you have no clue what it says, but you can read it and more or less pronounce it, which is very, very cool. And I mean, the language, the written language, it's, it's just different. It is, it has nothing to do with the Latin alphabet, but you can just read it. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? <laughs> At least that's how I feel or how I felt then and I still feel. So the reason why this language is so um, simple, kind of, is because there was a king before they used the Chinese characters. And then there was this king that wanted his people to understand the text, like to be able to read. So he invented this language and this written language is called Hangul. Hangul. So if you want to look it up, please do. You can find the story in detail in the internet. I said that at that time I was interested in Korean music and Korean TV series. So through listening the language, I soon started to pick up some, yeah, the way of speaking, like the air, how the language sounds. And because I could read it, I could then easily kind of connect what I heard and what I read. Of course, I, for, yeah, if I watched a TV show, I watched it with English subtitles. But when I later on, I studied Korean myself, so I got myself a book. And so first I started just looking up resources in the internet, started uh, learning the alphabet with um, apps and all these kind of things. YouTube videos, there are great, great um, materials and content. There is great content in the internet. If you Google it or use another search machine, you can find a lot of resources. And then later on, I also bought a language learning book. Um, yeah. And then when I saw the words or the expressions, I know or I realized that I heard them before. So I could easily kind of match them. And it was quite easy then to learn the words, the vocabulary, um, the grammar. Yeah, I mean, some things were very... I recognize them, some patterns, I recognize them. But this brings me to a point that for me is quite difficult. And that is, uh, Korean has several variations of politeness. It's like a hierarchy. I know that not all are used today, or at least not regularly, but Still, for me, it is quite difficult because in German, we, we do have two different ways of saying you, for example. There is like a formal and an informal way. And all the verbs 
it's conjugated differently if you use it the formal or the informal way so it's really clearly uh, separated even more than like in German uh, in, in English there is not so much a difference I heard that if you like really native English speakers you can distinguish a formal and an informal way of speaking but for me I think there is not so much different in German there clearly is it's not a feeling but there is a different and in Korean there are differences too but more than in German and the important part is it really is important to use the correct um, to use the correct politeness and the politeness level depends on the hierarchy between the two people speaking or the people speaking for example that can be a student to a teacher that can be two people that don't know each other two strangers it's different if you're speaking with a child and so on and the age is very important and the rank is very important and for me it is difficult to distinguish i mean usually i am the lowest in the rank but <laughs> um, otherwise it is difficult for me to distinguish which rank like who is rich in which rank who should i address how yeah so that was that is like a difficult part for me personally but otherwise it is fun language and it is very cool i know i said that before but it is cool to be able to read a language that the majority of your environment cannot read yes so i explained swiss german standard german french english and korean and then maybe three years ago something like that i started to learn mandarin so the reason why i started learning chinese is mainly because i got interested in china and the relationships between China and other countries um, because I think or it is more of a fact than what I think is that China's influence is growing it is a powerful country and I'm not really speaking about the military part but, but that of course too but it is a power in the economical sphere, in the industry, in but even in cultural sphere, in the arts, that you cannot just ignore, at least not anymore. At least that is what I think. And Chinese, like Mandarin, so many people speak Mandarin. So why not learn it? I mean, more and more people come here with a Chinese background. They speak Chinese and yeah, I don't know. There are so many people of the world population, like so many people speak 
Chinese, Mandarin Chinese. So if I learn it, I can communicate with half the population. And in addition to English and French, this is such a large part of the world population. And more and more Chinese people come here, not only for work, but especially for work and research and there are companies that are bought by Chinese companies in Switzerland or corporations with Chinese companies. So why not learn the language? And yeah, as I said, I am very interested in China and the relation between China and Switzerland, for example, and how Switzerland is active or comes to Switzerland and vice versa so yes I started learning Chinese <sighs> learning Chinese is not as easy as Korean at least not in the beginning because the Chinese writing system is let's say it is difficult and this is an understatement <laughs> because the there is no clue of how I can pronounce a word when I see it. And there is no clue of how I write a word when I hear it. Okay, it's not true that there is no clue because there are some radicals that, for example, um, there is a radical for grass and it is used in words like grass or tea and so on. So there are some radicals that are used in many in many of the words. Like one symbol kind of is one word. So maybe sometimes there are multiple words, usually two words put together, like words as a syllable syllable, but usually the syllables are one word like by themselves already. It's a bit complicated, um, but this is how I understand it and how I would explain it. But in the end, it is difficult because when I learn a Chinese word, I have to learn the translation, the way I pronounce it. So I will learn the English or the German. For me, I prefer to learn the language in German. So I have the German word, I have the Chinese pronunciation, which is further complicated by the four tones. And there is the sign, the writing. And one step is recognizing the writing. And the next step this is a level that I didn't reach yet, I would say, is to actually write it correctly. Because one stroke can change the meaning of a word or make it wrong so that nobody understands. Yeah, probably they will understand. It is amazing for me how they do that. Read Chinese. Even like handwriting, Chinese handwriting, it 
you cannot see the the strokes because they are connected. I mean, I know that when I speak German, I too connect the letters, but it is easy for me to read it. But the Chinese, I hardly can read the computer written like the computer front, and if there is a handwritten text. I'm just amazed. <laughs> yeah, because as I said, there is like one stroke that is different. It is another angle or there is a stroke and in the other side in the other word there is no stroke and it's a different meaning. Mm. But apart from the writing, um it's quite fun to learn the language, I think. So there are the four tones. Yeah, you you need to get used to that. It makes it more difficult to learn the language because even if you understand it, if you pronounce it differently, it is another word. And one part is the understanding and one part is to pronounce it correctly. So if you learn the words, you also need to remember how to pronounce it correctly. And with Chinese, as I did with Korean, I started learning it by myself first. And again, there is a lot of material that you can access in the internet, and at least to get a basic understanding of the language and get a feel of how it is. How it sounds and how it is constructed, and but I wanted be because I thought it is quite a difficult language to learn by myself. I attended Chinese classes, so like two semesters. Um, I was able to skip the first. Uh, basic course because I already knew the pronunciations, like the syllables, how to pronounce them, and I knew some basics like ni hao, which means hello if you did not know that. But then I could attend two classes with a Chinese uh, teacher, um, like a native Chinese, um, to. Yeah, to make, let's say, a correct base of Mandarin, or at least to bring the very very basics I already had into the right direction. And now I can like build on that foundation that I learned in the Chinese class, and I think. I can recommend to learn Mandarin like properly in a Chinese class or with a Chinese native. For me, that was very helpful. After the Chinese class ended, I didn't have so much time to study Chinese, so I kind of yeah didn't pursue it further, but. A few months ago, I was contacted by my current language partner, and he wants to learn 
German because he came to Switzerland to study and he is native uh, Chinese so he can help me with my Mandarin and from then on we meet each week to speak and explain things about the language about the culture and it's great so I can really recommend that there are many platforms in the internet where you can find language partners if you're interested in that and if you're not comfortable with speaking then there is also the way of um, writing but for me speaking is very helpful because speaking is difficult when you're alone so I never really practiced my speaking and speaking speaking for me can be very difficult like speaking in a language I don't know because I am afraid of making mistakes or maybe not afraid but I don't want to make mistakes I want to make it correctly but this is very bad when learning a language because you need to speak and practice otherwise you will not get better so for me this is very valuable that i can practice my mandarin with my language partner and he encourages me to speak and to try it even if it's completely wrong he can correct me and give me alternatives ways of how can i how i can say the sentence or yeah teach me how to say the things properly and also pronunciation wise um, because even if there are apps that help you with the pronunciation i used some of them before it is still good to hear someone and some to have someone who can correct directly and through speaking with him or teaching him German is also a way of seeing my language in a new light, kind of. I mean, standard German is not my mother tongue, as I explained before, but still it's a language I am very used to. And even if I speak about Swiss German, there are moments I have to think about some things or think about the appropriate expressions or related words or differences between two words like the small nuances that are that come natural to me but might be difficult to understand for someone who is not accustomed to the language so what I want to say is that not only can I learn a new language or practice my other language, but also it is a way of deepen the understanding of my own language, kind of. And of course it's fun. I mean, I like teaching about my culture and this is what I'm doing here in this podcast, more or less. I mean, I like sharing about what I know. 
what I know is the thing I can talk about, right? And if someone is interested in what, how my country works or what kind of traditions I have in my country, then I'm happy to share that, to share what I experienced. And sometimes it happens that other people make a remark about something that seems, for example, surprising to them. But I am so accustomed to that, this is like normal for me, that I never even thought about why this is done like this or just, I never, I never questioned. And in that moment, I think speaking with someone of a different a different background in general can be eye-opening like opening the view yeah of course like the most the best way to broaden the view is to travel but even when speaking with someone at home or in a familiar environment can open this horizon and this is great and on that note I want to thank you for listening to Talking of the Liver today I hope that you learned something and I encourage you to start learning that language that you heard of and looked at but didn't yet come around to start learning and if you are already learning another language then I am rooting for you and wish you a lot of fun learning. I would be happy to hear what kind of language you are learning or starting to learn. You can write me on my social media talking of the liver on Instagram or of the liver on Twitter or you can write an email talking of the liver at gmail.com and let me know the word that you know in another language that you think is the most useless for me that would be hosuabi which is a Korean word and means scarecrow. I wish you a happy day or evening and a happy week with the scarecrow scaring away the negativity and difficulties. Until the next time. Tschüss. Bis zum nächsten Mal.